Get ready for a week-long celebration of music, community and fabulous fun with Joy Radiothon 2024. Joy has the largest collection of rainbow podcast content in the world and you can help keep us out loud and proud by donating during Joy Radiothon 2024. Just go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. Mark it in your calendars because Joy Radiothon returns June 1st to 7th and remember, we all flourish with joy. Welcome and thanks for subscribing to the Our House podcast. Sponsored by SolarHeart. It's not just solar, it's SolarHeart. For details, check out solarheart.com.au and tell them Our House sent you. Welcome to our house, Joy 94.9's program about where and how we live in our diverse community. We will explore all aspects of real estate, but please seek professional advice before making financial decisions. My name is David Gale. Oh, can I have one of those noises with my name? Thank you. (laughs) And my name is Russ Masterson. Whether you're buying or selling, renting or sharing, upsizing or downsizing, or just thinking about where you'd like to live, this is the GLBTIQ Real estate show for you. It is indeed. I'm Paul McClure and ordinarily there is one criteria for the music that we play and that is that ordinarily it must have something to do with houses or homes but today... Why is it extraordinary today? Because it's the week before Christmas. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. And all through the house, because I'm trying to stop you from singing, there yeah. wasn't a single noise, not even a house. A mouse. mouse. House. A mouse house in the house. 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 Yes. Yeah. But we look forward to your questions, and we'll try and address them on the show tonight, mm-hmm. especially if you have questions about outdoor painting. Oh, is that what we're going to cover tonight? We are indeed. So if you'd like to contact us, you can on at by email on air at joy.org.au by phone 1300-JOY-949. So if you want to have a little chat to Gordon. Gordon's still there. Oh, he yeah. will take your call. Or by SMS 0427-JOY-949. That's 0427-569-949. Now on tonight's show, we will be talking to painting sexpert, the luscious Liam Clark, about outdoor painting. All those jobs you put off until the Chrissy holidays. Of course, we'll be looking at current rates in the marketplace and some of the sales over the past weekend in our famous segment, Rates Check. And we will catch up with those... Wanting to hear more about the fabulous um, thing that's happening on our Days of Our Lance. Oh, yes. Days <laughs> of Our Lance is back as usual. Days of Our Lance. 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 But uh, we are, of course, here on a real estate journey with you because we're not the experts. And so we get the experts in to give us their knowledge and their expertise and share their experience with us and with you. You're at home with David, Russ and Paul on Our House. Good evening, you're listening to Our House on Joy 94.9. My name's Russ Masterton and I'm here with David Gale and Paul McClure and it's time for... 
rights check. Thank you. Thank I you. love the rates check. I know, it's your fave, isn't Tell it? Tell us what's been happening in the marketplace this week. I did a bit of homework today, which um, I was just curious to, to as to what rates peaked at in the 1980s when they were no. really super high. You don't just do homework okay. during the day, you're doing it all the time. I know like, I am, yeah. What were the peaks? You're not going to believe this, but in 1989 when Peter Costello and John were in power. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. The rate, the interest rate was 17%. Can you that was believe just that? after Paul no. Keating's reign, I would suggest. It was, too, it was. But, but anyway, who in their 17%? right mind could have bought a house back then? You know, there was... Well, people the, did. The market was sluggish and people were taking out home loans they could not afford. Wow. The other thing was, though, the, the borrowing criteria was quite different. You had to have a very large majority of your loan already covered. So you couldn't borrow at 95%. You had to buy, mm. borrow at 80% or 70%. And you'd have to have a long established relationship with your bank, with like your bank. 20, 30, 40 years since you had your dolomite or since you had that little tin and people from whichever stuck bank them. it was from. People stuck with their banks. Yeah, I know. I remember getting a piggy bank in the shape of um, a piggy. Yes. From State Bank of Victoria when I was oh, a little boy. Oh, I remember yes. State Bank. I, and we would put our case. notes in there. Mm. And you couldn't just no? sleep with your bank manager like these days. No. Well, you know. Goodness, mm, times the so 17%. That's 17% was its peak. Virtually three and a half to four times the rates at the moment. What are the rates wow. like 26 this week? 26 years ago, 17%. Now, the official interest rate in Australia today is 1.5%. Yep. Mm. However, mm. the banks don't see fit to pass that on to us. So the best rate today is with loans.com.au. Yep. And their rate is 3.67% for a variable and 3.69% for a comparison. Oh, well, that's pretty good. So we see this week that um, all of the uh, players are still under that 4% mark, which we love. Um, Loans.com, as I said, 3.67%. They've also got one that's cheaper, which is um, basically for owner-occupiers, and that's 3.59%. Yeah, first-time buyers too, because I've done, done a little bit of research myself on that. Good on you. If you're just refinancing, you'll probably pay the extra 0.2 of a percent. You've been doing your homework. Far cry from 17%, though. Yes, must be in far queue. Yeah. Now, um, also what's been happening this week is um, the U-Bank, um, which is owned by NAB. Yes. They've put their rate up. <gasps> yes, I'm afraid. they've been. U-Bank have been our faves ever since Get we out. started the program. U-Bank's rate is now 3.74%. Interestingly, mm. its parent company, NAB, is, NAB is 3.75%. There is now only one percentage point between the two. The difference is that through NAB you can borrow up to 95% of the valuation property, through Ubank, 80%. Cannot believe the amount of homework you've done this Look week. Look at him go. I know. I've been taking notice of these rates. I need to give you some figures. Okay, so a house in um, the bit the most expensive house in New, or- New Orleans, Norlane New Orleans. This week, New Orleans. Yes. Norlane this week, uh, three hundred seven thousand dollars was it's not the most expensive. For. House. No, no, no. It was the it was the most expensive out of the cheapies this out week. Out of the bargains. Out of yeah. the bargains. Out of the bottoms. So. Say I went to loans.com.au and I um, took out a 25-year home loan for 3.59%. Could you tell our listeners what the repayment would be? So you've got, what, a 20% deposit? 20% deposit, yes. Oh, well, uh, look, I'm not too sure, but you actually haven't talked about the auction results either this week. Would you want me to do that while you work out the rates? Well, I might work it okay. out. Okay, $307,000, 3.59%, 20 yeah. 20% deposit. What happened in the auction? Because it's a big week. week in the auction results. Last week. Quite a the, different one. Yep. 
1,035 houses went to auction this week. Well, mm-hmm. This time last year, 790. Oh, the wow. clearance rate was 77%, which is which is still very Pretty good. good. Uh, 636 were sold at auction. 157 were sold before auction, which I like. I actually am noticing on the research that I'm doing each week now that there are a lot of places up for private sale these days. So, uh, especially in Richmond, which is which is my suburb, it's becoming very vogue to put um, flats up for private oh, sale instead of um, instead of putting them up for auction. The other thing was though, did you know? Notice that it was the first time all this time that we've done this program where there were more auctions held this year than there was last year. Yeah. Correct. We okay, haven't seen so that at all. No. Last year there were 70, 790 auctions yeah. happened and the clearance rate was only 67%. This is the so. first time. So it was Correct. like a big super week before, um, before Christmas. Anyway, we... Um, Clearance rate up much higher. That's right. I think we're... Tops and bottoms. Right. So we start with my favourite topic, the tops. Um, this week in housing, you're not going to believe this, mm. Canterbury. Where's Canterbury, Paul? It's just past oh, Camberwell. sorry, what? It's just Canterbury? past Camberwell. Yes, Camberwell. I know where it is, even. It's beautiful. It's leafy Camber- uh, Canterbury. Uh, $4 million and $12,000. Is that on the Golden Mile? It is on the Golden Just Mile. Just off the Golden Mile, Absolutely I can tell. Fabulous. Alexandra Avenue's beautiful. Hawthorne, yep. $3,420,000. Yep. Richmond, 3414000 Richmond Terrace in Richmond. Ah, that is a nice part of Richmond. Is Richmond Terrace where Channel 9 used to be? Uh, yes, it is. Yep. Okay. Yep. Uh, Brighton, $3,220,000. Mm. And Strathmore, anyone? Strathmore? God knows. Out a bit. Out a bit, yeah. Out a bit is $2,575,000. Probably room for a Mercedes and a pony there. Okay. Well, that was a bit what like What about top apartments this okay, week? Okay, our top apartments this week, South Yorra, $2,065,000. Mm-hmm. Sandringham, $1,535,000. Glen Waverley, $1,511,000. Mornington. Just shy of 1.5 mil. That's right. And McKinnon. McKinnon is a little tiny suburb in between kind of Brighton and Elstonwick. Now, you mentioned that there were some bargain houses, 274,000 in Cario, Melton we had. Oh, he's uh, pushing this Another Melton, somewhere or other else. And then Nor Lane, that 307,000 with a 20% deposit would be just a tick over $9,000 a year if you were just paying interest only. Now, what I found really unusual, though, about the apartments, the most expensive of the bargain apartments, and what, what was there in the bargain apartments this year? Well, this week? let me run through them with you. Yep. Franger, 250000 I had a look at that place online. It's actually quite nice. Is it? Okay. Yep, near the station. How fabulous. Thornbury, yeah. 275000 That's good. Fortescray, a regular in our bargain apartments, $280,000. Had a look at that, 70s block near the station. Okay, that's good. Another one in Frankston. Can you believe that? Frankston comes up twice this week. 293000 for a uh, an apartment in Frankston. Yes. And our good old friends at Mentone. Now, oh. I had a look at this place. How much okay. was it? $303,000. Got to tell you, one bedroom with a courtyard that was actually bigger, bigger than the flat. So it's on the ground floor. Huge courtyard, irregular shape, with a car space uh, near the station, less than a kilometre to the beach. Absolutely amazing for that price. Uh, a loan would only cost you around about $300 a week. 
So even if you rented it out. Now, one of the things that was in all of those bargain apartments were that they're all pretty close to stations. And if you want to mm. buy a place as an investment property, as long as it's near public transport, that will also make a big difference as far as being lettable. Well, I just think people should enter the marketplace with those bargains and buy, buy, buy. 300 bucks a week. What a bargain. I know. I'd live in Frankston for that. We've got to get Lance out of Frankston, though, don't we? He's yes, going we to do. be. But okay. anyway, we'll talk about that later. The kettle's on. You're listening to Our House. You are indeed listening to Our House with David, Russ and Paul. And tonight we have a very special guest. He's back again. The lovely Liam. Due to popular demand. Now, just quickly before we get into it, Mm -hmm. um, I just wanted to mention that we had an SMS. We do. We have a couple. As we call it, or a text. Uh, We have, oh my God, I just settled on my new property and here you boys are talking about houses. I know. And with a... With a paint and rubber extraordinaire, Liam Love Heart Eyes. So there's a bit of fan club going on there. (laughs) And also, we've had another little one. Hi, lads. Just downloaded the app so we can listen to you on Joy whilst on holidays. Yay. Yay! Do you have a podcast? We certainly do. We have a podcast of all of the episodes of our house, joy.org.au slash. Our house. So that's from Caroline and Trish. Thanks, Caroline and Trish. Check out the podcast. Are you telling me you don't need a wireless to listen to us anymore? Oh, look, you know, you can always use your transistor radio. Wow. The trannies, of course, are out as usual on the beach, (laughs) listening to our house late at night. Anyway, what are we here tonight for, boys? We're here to interview the lovely, gorgeous Liam, who who is um, going to talk to us all about painting, right, Dave? Outdoor. Well, we talked about indoor last time. Yeah, and Liam... Yeah, only 50% completed. Well, yeah, Yeah. exactly. And we had so many people asking questions about painting last time, and we only really covered the indoors. And we've got to get it outdoors as well. It was interesting. There was way more messages in than I've ever had on my show. Yeah. Well, you well, know, if right. you had a paint show, maybe you'd have <laughs> maybe that's you know, the wall thing. to wall uh, coverage with uh, paint questions. But <laughs> we were surprised. But you know, like everybody does painting. We're coming up to the holiday times, and of course, a lot of people have a break over Christmas and New Year, um, and it's a great time to actually get into those projects, don't you think, Russ? I could not agree with you more. If I was going to paint my house, it'd be done over that break between, you know, twenty. 26th December right up until about the 9th of January. Well, the well, thing the about that house. is... You, the whole well, house. Yeah, well, so, well. Liam, if you're available over that period... Uh, I'll, be, I'll be working, A 1927 Victorian that needs a little, you know... Well, because the, yeah, the weather's always warm. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty so much the only time of year in Melbourne where really the weather holds out long enough for you to actually get the jobs done. Yeah. Hey, look, just before we get onto the exteriors of the house, how mm. about we talk about outdoor furniture? Because I know oh. that's something that's near to many people's hearts. Outdoor furniture, this time of the year, we want to entertain. We want to have Barbies out the back yes. in our courtyards, uh, in our inner city bargain apartments. Uh, but, like, at the same time, there's, there's specific rules for painting outdoor furniture. What can you tell us about that, Liam? Well, mostly if well, there are two things you can – well, three, I guess, that you can do. Uh, you can be painting, you can be oiling, or you can be staining. So if I've got, um, well, I mean, obviously we're not going to repaint our plastic furniture, but if I've got, uh, we just hose that down. But if I've got something nice in in a wood, um, what's the best way to approach it? What's going to last the longest? Well, so the thing that will last the longest is paint. Right. Which is not really going to really, it's not going to maintain that natural look. Um, So painting is kind of the last resort when Mm. you want, when you've got timber that's really badly grayed that is just not going to come back 
but if it's still... You or know, if you want to introduce colour, you know, I might want to have an aqua outdoor setting. Well, true. If if, if that's the your, your uh, taste levels, then I well, guess you, you can that. absolutely do that. Ooh, is paint more <laughs> difficult to apply to outdoor furniture, or is it easier to do other options? Like, which one's going to take the longest? Which one's going to take less time? The easiest one is definitely oiling. Okay. Um, as it is just something that penetrates into the t- uh, surface of the timber, mm. you don't get brush marks or anything, so it just uh-huh. soaks straight in. Great. There's no mess, no fuss. Well, no, there's probably pre- plenty of mess. Just do it on the lawn. Yeah. Well, Liam, I've gone to my um, uh, furniture goddess in the United States to Have ask you, you know. if you should... Martha Stewart. All oh, right. Yes. Oh, now, now, Martha's told me to ask you a couple of questions. She'll probably I? paint a few outdoor settings while baking cakes well, and in getting jail. a dinner party organised Yes, she goes to jail, jail for yeah. God knows what. Now, Martha wanted to know, how do you clean wood furniture or old furniture? Okay, so really old aged furniture, you would use a timber cleaner on, which is usually oxalic acid based detergent sometimes with a little bit of citric acid in there um, and that will strip away the dirt dust grease and grime from the surface of the timber um, while also bringing back some of the dormant tannins in the timber to give it a bit extra color um, the stuff that has the citric acid in it strips it out a bit better so it's a little bit more oomphy um, but that's generally it. You've just got to use something that's got some oxalic acid in it. So okay. if I went to a major hardware retailer or mm-hmm. something, and what I'd find, I'd, I'd, what would it be called? Would it be called outdoor furniture cleaner? Or it's, yeah, it called, it's usually something. Yeah. It's called something as obvious as deck cleaner. Yeah, because no, so I'm not going yeah. to understand the name of that. But yeah, uh, it's it's got yeah it'll just be an exterior timber cleaner okay and is that going to prepare the timber for painting or staining it'll prepare it um on the assumption that the timber hasn't gone all rough and splintery and like on the assumption that it doesn't need sand yeah well you don't want splinters in your bum could you just use that to give it a bit of a zhuzh up and freshen up you could, but generally there's other products that you would use in between oiling, I guess. Okay. There's things that will make sure it doesn't strip out the oils in the surface of the timber, um, whereas the proper timber cleaners will get rid of any residual left in the surface. And how much oil do you need for that sort of lubrication? Uh, <laughs> what, like for, for oiling some furniture? <coughs> yeah, yes, I mean... Yes. Uh, your, your standard uh, five-piece outdoor setting usually needs about a litre. Ah, okay. Well, that's all. Right. That's so we're, we're, what we're trying to do is basically right. weatherproof the outdoor furniture. Yeah, it's um, it's about nourishing the timber to maintain a natural look. So if we nourish it with oil, that's mm-hmm. going to repel water. Yes. Um, paint's going to be a complete seal. Yes. And what was the other method? Stain? Uh, the other is stain, which is usually something that has a bit of oil in it anyway, but it's yeah. primarily about changing the colour. Changing the colour. Ah. Um, you can also varnish. I forgot that option yeah. as well. Oh, okay. um, varnishing is not something I'm a big fan of because it, I mean, it looks good on interior stuff and it looks yeah. okay on exterior stuff, but it wears really quickly. Uh, and when so it comes time re-applying. to redo it, it flakes and you've got yeah. to sand it right back and it's just a complete pain. Whereas an oil just evaporates out and you slap some more on the next year. So which is the best, do you think? Oil or staining? Um, well, oiling is the best at protecting and stain is the best at changing colour. They'll both do a little bit of each other's job. Yep. Most of the oils will have a little bit of stain in them to be able to reflect where the UV rays. There are clear oils, um, but they only last about three months because there's nothing to stop it from just evaporating out. So if you're using an oil that has a bit of colour in it, that's generally the best, assuming you haven't left it too long. That and that's going to give grain. you that water protection that we were talking yeah, about. Absolutely. So that it, yeah, absolutely. Because they're going to be out there in the, the hot sun. Which, which is the best for the hot sun protection? Because A eucalyptus oil-based oil. Really? Yeah. What about moving on from wood to, say, if you have some iron furniture? Yep. Some, um, oh, yeah. 
so that's actually really, really easy to paint. Oh, um, cool. Iron generally doesn't require a primer. If it's gotten a bit of rust on it, you just sand that back. Mm. If it's really, really rusty, you need to use a phosphoric acid-based uh, rust converter, which is Ooh. about as it, it, you just slap it on. Yep, it's phosphoric acid. It penetrates into the rust, and then it. I really need to stop using the word penetrate. No, anyway, but, well, no. I mean, it, it's <laughs> your context. We've got to penetrate yeah. our furniture <laughs> often. It's got to be done regularly. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it converts it into a more stable form, and then you just slap some rust inhibiting uh, top coat over the top of it. Also, okay. some of the um, wrought iron furniture is very mm-hmm. fiddly. Is it best to spray that? You can. Um, that depends on how what it, the actual piece is, yeah. um, where it is, and how comfortable you are using spray or using a brush-on. A brush-on paint is always going to be stronger. Because you've got more control as well. And you apply a thicker coat, just naturally. Oh, yeah. Um, basically, generally, you have to do three coats of a spray to get the same level of protection as one coat of a brush-on. Less fiddly bits, though, so, you know, just a yeah. few light. And I suppose that would... How long would it take for something like a spray-on wrought iron to dry? Obviously, you know, temperatures are going to be different different days. You don't want to do it on a humid day. Yeah. Oh, no, actually, you're okay on a humid so day. So between coats? It's going to take a little coats? bit longer. Um, between coats, most of them are about 20 minutes to an hour. Gee, that's cool. Um, Mm. But it takes a day or two to fully dry. Liam, what um, what are other things that people would um, decorate in their backyard? I could imagine I could see people painting their terracotta pots, or yep. they might paint their back fence and things like that. Have you had any weird requests in at your store that that people are going to do something in their backyard? Like, um, I've had a couple of of uh, people repairing uh, plastic lawn flamingos that have oh. um, <laughs> suffered a fate with a whippersnipper. Uh-oh. They need it. Yeah, yeah. Um, where where the legs have snapped off or the heads broken. Um, but that's probably the weirdest thing. I mean, out, outdoor terracotta pots yeah. and fences are all pretty standard. Pretty yeah. standard. And just while we're on the little accessories and little things, what about letterboxes? Oh. Um, letterboxes, yeah. it's pretty much as complicated as painting your wrought iron fur- uh, mm. furniture, except it's less fiddly. Um, yeah. You lightly sand it back and you hit it with a rust-inhibiting top coat. But, but if it's a wooden one, you can be creative as you want. And I suppose you can be just as creative as you want with a, a metal yeah, it, it's, box Speaking well. of creative, that just reminded me yeah. of a, one of my good friends when I was growing up in Gelange, mm. Salomir. Mm. Um, their letterbox was Ned Kelly. Oh, it what was, a good idea. Yeah, oh, a and, barrel and, you just and poked a him in head. The and, yeah, and the eye, yeah. the sli- eye slit was where Was it was black or was it in rust? It was, no, it was black. I okay. love the letterboxes yeah. in the United States where you go out the front and you, I'll put, the you put your mail in there yeah. and you flick up a flag and then the postie comes and gets the mail out of there and goes and delivers it for you. But where do you get the envelopes from in the first place? You've got to go to the post office to get them. I think mm. it's just being lazy. It's weird. Well, and also they probably don't require painting, which is what we're here for. And in fact, <gasps> yes. we're going to hear more about paint and outdoor paint in a few moments. You're at home with David, Russ and Paul on Our House. Yeah. Good evening, everybody. This is Our House on Joy 94.9 FM. What are it's, we doing tonight? Oh, it's 17 degrees outside and it's 9.34pm. We have the most luscious Liam in here with us tonight. We're talking about painting, outdoor painting for your house, your flat, your apartment. Our next segment, David, yes. as requested by you, is all about decking. Decking, I mean. Yeah, decks, because, yeah. you know, in summer we're going to be entertaining a lot. Yep. And a lot of us have got depths, decks or... Sunshine patios. 
And there's nothing like a good sunshine patio. Oh, but I love one. Like, what's the best way to cover a deck? We're talking wooden decks, obviously. Yep. What's okay. the best way to cover it? There's two so, ways. So, <laughs> Oh, really, Russ? Yes, okay, <laughs> sorry, Liam, we won't need you anymore. <laughs> All right, Russ, see ya. you're the expert. Tell us, please. <laughs> How do you cover a deck? So, um, again, similar to furniture, it's uh, about oiling, generally. Um, staining you can do if you've got treated pine and you really need to change the colour or it's really, really aged. But for the, most of your maintenance, it's going to be about oiling it. Um, and how would you apply that oil? Well, it's actually really easy. Um, what, do you use a roller or no, a brush? Uh, you don't never use a roller because okay. it will flick the oil back up um, as you're doing it. It's very because all over your legs. Yeah, and you'll get little spotty bits all over it. Uh-huh. Um, so you use a lambswool applicator and essentially you're just mopping it on. Okay. Um, this is actually like the first relevant to my job job that I did when I was a teenager. My dad was what you, you were know, mopping yeah basically mopping like the deck and putting the decking oil on because okay. my dad didn't trust me to do anything else <laughs> so this, oh, this, look, this that's is like lovely. this so is like look at you yeah and you've used that wisdom of course yeah this is this is liam circa however long ago i was when i was 15 so if you're oiling you use like a mop type yes. thing um but it's there's two different types of products you can be using there's water-based oils which i know doesn't make much sense but it's a thing, uh, and then there's oil-based. So an oil-based is usually either linseed or eucalyptus oil, a bit of thinner and some pigment, and that soaks into the surface of the timber, uh, whereas the water stuff is a thin acrylic resin that sits on the surface um, and lasts a lot longer because it has so much more physical presence. However, when the water starts to break down, it starts to flake, so it's more effort when it comes to reapplying, but it's very, very good if you need to get it done very, very quickly. Ah, yes, because people are coming over. Yes. Chop the wood for the barbie. Those much guests pre- will be much, on it in five minutes' time. Much prep work with the um, the decking? It's exactly. Uh, it's actually the same as uh, timber furniture. Okay. Sanding it if it's gotten all rough and dilapidated, otherwise using a oxalic acid-based timber cleaner. Okay. And um, and how long? I'm sure our listeners want to know how quickly they can they can um, deck Walk the holes. On it. Deck if you're, the holes. If you're using a water-based one, um, it's two to four hour recode, oh, wow. and you know, about 16 hours, I guess, yeah. until you can go heavy foot traffic. An oil-based one is about a day recoat and mm-hmm. a couple of days fully drying time. Also, there'd be different variations in wood too because, yes. you know, you might use a reasonably cheap wood that you've bought because, you know, you don't have very much money. MDF. So is that wood going to suck up more oil and, and stain or whatever? Or, you know, because the, the harder, more expensive timbers would obviously be quite firm and they probably wouldn't suck up as much. I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. But it also depends on how old the timber is. I mean, you could have the nicest piece of merbu, but if you leave it to uh, sit for a year or two, it's going to be thirsty and it's going to drink up a lot of oil. Okay. And the people who aren't... um do it yourself as Liam. This is something they should not be afraid of. Oh, yeah. No, this is literally the easiest job. I mean, mm-hmm. I, as a 15-year-old, I was completely useless at any yep. handy things, and I managed to complete this job because you were literally just oiling on some oil. Uh, sorry, you're mopping on some oil. So it's it's the easiest thing to do. Okay, mm-hmm. there we no, go. And not, and not easy to stuff up. Oh, just, yeah. yeah. Like, if you stuff it up, you spilt a bit of oil on it, you can just blend it in. It's yeah. fine. Yeah. What it's else are we going to paint tonight, David? Well, no, we've actually received an SMS from Devron. He oh. wants to know if Liam has any advice for wood, outdoor painting and filling gaps. So, you know, often um, some of the older wood might have a few cracks through it and it needs a little bit of a gap filling. What would you use for that sort of thing? Well, there's a number of products you can use. Um, if you're trying to maintain a natural look, you want yeah. to use a good quality uh flexible filler that's going to be within the timber colour. Um, 
and you want to try and get it close to the color of the timber so yeah. that when you stain over the top, it's going to blend in. Ah, yes. Um, because, you know, especially with a pergola or something like yeah. that. And it's all going to be out in really extreme heat here in Australia. There's going to be 35 mm-hmm. degrees on Christmas Day. And it'll be zero in winter as well. So. So, yeah, so you need something that's going to be able to expand and contract with the movement of the timber. Mm. Um, conversely, you can use something quite rigid if you have something where you're like reconstructing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you've got a timber step and a chunk is bro- broken off or you're trying to, you know, rebuild part of a window that's rotted. Uh, you want you ne- something that's going to set quite stiff yeah, and just still maintain that shape. Exactly. So you need something more like a builder's bog, which is a, a two-part solution where you oh. mix it together and there's a chemical yeah. reaction and it's strong enough to be able to drill into. So it's very, very hard. Um so that would be the same with weatherboards as well. If you're doing the outside of Russ's house or if anybody wants to do the outside of Russ's house, um, you'd be looking at, you know, because there's those little holes where knots have come out and yeah, that sort absolutely. of stuff and the splits uh, where there's been rot. There's also some very good powder fillers you can mix up um, with water, with just a little bit of water so it comes out slightly like a bog and you can use that as well. Cool. But there's basically, uh, my main advice is use the product specific to the problem you've got because gap filling there's about a hundred different things okay and obviously you know you could use some cheap products if you're just trying to slap up the house and try and flog it off at next week's auctions which there won't be any auctions no, there won't i don't be, think no. there will be not christmas on, not on christmas no. Eve, no. um liam i guess um fences would be my next thing i'd like Ooh, to yes. yeah i've got a, a beautiful little um uh, cottage fence out the front of my place and i'd yeah. like to um to know how to I don't, do you need to um, um, sand it all down before you uh, reapply paint or do you just throw it on the fence and let it go again? Yeah, generally use a sort of medium to lower quality of paint on the fence uh, due to the amount of sun, sun exposure it gets. Right. Regardless of what you use, the colour is going to fade out before the paint generally will wear off. Okay. Oh. So you tend to be a little bit less precious about yes. your fences. Um, also, they tend to get you know knocked into a bit. It's, yeah. it's kind of an area where you, you, you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. Exactly. Um, Generally, you don't really have to do much at all. Uh, if it's a paling fence, a rough sawn paling fence, you get a pressure washer, you hose it down as best as you can be bothered to do, and then you slap some self-priming acrylic paint on it. Can I ask you something about fencing? Because uh-huh. the, the fence between our house and the mm-hmm. neighbour's house, some of the fence palings are warped. Yep. Is there anything I can do to prevent that? Uh, make sure it's painted. That's yeah. pretty much it. Okay. Um, the warping so usually will bothered with that. Yeah. yeah. Or stand there with a sun umbrella most of the time uh, during right. summer, and that would probably stop Parasol. it from warping. Yeah. yeah. And is there um, specific paints for um, cottage fences that you would use, or cottage fence meaning a picket fence? Picket or? fence. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, not, Thank you for picking that. <laughs> no worries. Uh, not really. The the main thing is if the picket fence is made of cypress pine, as most of them tend to be, yep. um, you need to make sure you're using an oil-based primer on it first so that the tannins in the cypress pine don't leach out into the paint. Right. Um, once you've done that, you use pretty much anything over the top. There uh, does seem to be a bit of disagreement of whether you to use a gloss paint or a lotion paint on it. Yes. Um, and some people feel very weirdly strongly about which one it's supposed to be. Okay. Mm. Um, I've had a few people argue with me at work over what is, you know, nonsense really. They could just tell me which one they want and I'm, I'd you know, if I pick the wrong one, they can just tell me that they want the other one. Well, I'm it's loving fine. that you're going to be doing my picket fence over the break, and I think we've got <laughs> to get go. going, do we? Yeah, We do. We've got some uh, 
announcements but before that i just wanted to read a really really lovely text message we got hi guys love your show the most affordable houses and flat segment is my favorite part of the show i feel almost ready to finally get on the property ladder as a first home buyer it's helping me so much with my research thank you and Merry Christmas. Aww. Yeah, Aww. that's great. Nice. And Merry Christmas. Look, it's a shame you missed out on yep. that place in Mentone because I wouldn't mind it myself, <laughs> but it's good that you're listening to it. And also, Thank you very much for the um, message. Yeah, that's, that's what great. What about the garage in St Kilda? God, that oh, was no. fabulous. Oh, $47,000, yes. I know. I know. I'm going to wear B&B now. Look, you're listening to David, Russ and Paul on Our House. Hi, come on in to Our House on Joy 94.9. Yes, you are on our house, and tonight we have Liam, our paint expert. He's been on before, he'll be on again, and it's great to have you in the studio tonight, Liam. Thanks for coming in. Oh, thank you for inviting me. He's Look, also a volunteer. I know, at Joy 94.9. Look, at this time of the year, many of us are thinking, look, I've put off those little projects outside for long enough, and mm-hmm. it's time to get into it. We've talked about, you know, painting fences, doing decks, of course, outdoor furniture, because we're getting into that busy entertaining season. And let's face it, we need a little bit of a holiday break to be able to get motivated enough to get into those jobs um we've talked about quite a few things look what about russ you mentioned something about that wonderful garage that was up for auction last week what about garage doors they need painting oh, yes, they they do. Do. yeah um so garage doors are actually quite simple to paint um if it's one of the roller doors yeah. uh, the main thing is you need to make sure that you're using either a good primer or if it is like just gal, you're giving it a bit of a scuff first. Yeah. Then that you're using a very good quality self-priming water-based paint. Um, and the the trickiest thing that most people seem to forget, and that only mentions it in very very small print on some of the cans, is that while the paint is still curing, you need to roll the garage garage door up and down. Oh, I didn't so know the that. paint has a chance to stretch and accommodate to the size of the of what it will be as it's yeah. Because you can sort of think I've just got to leave it there and let it dry and set as long yeah. as possible. But so that's before it dries. Yeah, yeah it needs to be sort of touch dry. So it's like about an hour after you. So it stretches it. a little bit. Yeah. So it just has a little bit of movement in and it's not going to crack the first time you put it up if it's just one of those flat garage doors that sort of swings up then there's nothing really Liam, what about my kids want to paint their cubby house this uh-huh. Christmas and they, they've got a little cubby house at the back of the house and they just want to go for it. What paints do you just buy kids to throw on a cubby house? Well, I would recommend trying to find smaller cans of paint. Um, Ones that taste good? <laughs> no, because toxic- toxicity would be quite well, important. Well, we haven't really it's sold any toxic paint in Australia for a very long time. Okay, so not since the lead reasonably days. safe for kids yeah, to I mean, it's, I wouldn't recommend it, them eating it, but uh, any, no, anything, no, but you know what anything that's kids. water-based is not going to You know, they have anything. ice creams halfway through painting the cubby house, and before you know it, you can't tell the difference between the ice cream yeah. and, the, and the pink well, colored uh, gingerbread look, house. That I think they'll be fine. Painting. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but um, there's uh, a couple of brands that make exterior sample pot sizes. Oh, yep. Um, so if you're using a bunch of different colors, that will work nice and well. If you just want a block color, I'd be getting a, a four-liter can of the... One of, of anything that we sell that's going to be about 40 bucks, yep. mm. which any paint shop's going to have the medium low range of paint that's going to do the job. Uh, yeah. Cool. Also, we were talking about garage doors because they're usually metal. Mm-hmm. What about gutterings and, oh, yes. uh, and downpipes as well? Yeah, um, that's mostly about priming. Uh, anything PVC, you need to use a very, very specific primer on. Um, there's one th- that you can get that will work on uh, tiles and PVC and laminate. Do you uh, need to scratch that as well? You or? need to give it a little scuff. Okay. Um, with just some, with sandpaper or yeah, something? Yeah, some like 600 grit or 400 grit sandpaper. Um, but then use this primer and you can slap anything you want over the top. 
um, in almost every circumstance. Or self-priming paint, as you mentioned before. I've never heard of such well, a thing. Not in, not in this case. Not in PVC. Not in PVC. Only on metal. Self-priming paint works on metal if it's a metal-specific one. Um, most self-priming paint is for concrete and timber. So anything that's got a bit of porosity. Um, the In most cases, exterior, you're going to be using water-based paint. Um, because that has the best UV resistance. It has the ability to expand and contract and move with everything, and it reflects the way UV rays quite well. Um, there are a few places you'd use oil-based paint, but for the most part, it's water. Okay. Where would you use the oil-based paints? Um, your front door. Uh, anywhere, anywhere where you need a large amount of physical strength. Um, so your front door where you're bashing into it. Oh, um, yeah. It's also yeah. very important if you've got sash windows. But you yeah. can, you, Gates. Yep. I'm not much of a painter myself, but you can tell the difference between the texture on the front door to to mm. um, to a um, a wooden panel or something like that. So you're right. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry, you were about to say. Oh yeah, sash windows. The, those oh. are, or any sort of windows where you you know open them up, up and, and down. down. Yeah. Um, it's very very important to remember to use oil based paint for that. Yes. Uh, Why? Because the wood's rubbing against another part of wood. Yes. So if you use water based paint in summer when everything expands, it's going to glue your windows shut. So oh. at the exact time of year where you want your windows to work. <laughs> I want to get those windows open. Okay, Liam, you've just bought a fabulous new property out at Norlang, for yeah. example. Now, what is the first thing that you're going to um, attack you? You've got lots and lots to do in the in the um, outdoor, in the garden, and the front garden. What would be the first thing that you'd paint? Look, I'd probably tackle the fence first. Yeah. Uh, fence painting's really easy. Um, you, I mean, you usually get a broad sprayer and do it. If you can't be bothered using a brush, you can get those for forty to a hundred bucks. Yeah. Um, and it's a really easy way of sprucing up the entire look of a place. Yes. And just you know, adding a nice fresh block coat of something. And also, what about um, paving? Do people still paint pavers? And yeah, absolutely. Like that? Um, when your paving gets a bit. Um, well, old Done concrete, and dusted, yeah. Whatever, yeah, um, you may as well spruce it up. Yeah, there's a lot of things you can use. What uh, do you use? Well, there's a couple of different products. It is depends like on where it is. special cement paint? Yeah, there absolutely is. Yeah. Uh, there's flat ones where you've got a non-slip area, so if you've got any steps, you kind of tend to use that. Um, there's special high-strength ones if you're doing your, your driveway or your garage floor, um, specifically ones that will resist the hot tire pickup, so... Your tyres on your car will lift paint, so you need to get stuff that will resist that. All right. Liam, one more question. I'm sure our listeners will love to hear this. What price tag are we looking at painting a house on the outside? Okay. It's if what, you're budgeting, what would, they, what would they need to know? Oh, gosh. Well, it, it really depends on how big the house is. Um, it's usually for, the, for a 15-litre can of good quality paint in a darkish colour, you're looking at about 270 bucks. Right. And what sort of coverage will that do? The front of the house? Um, it'll do about 120 square metres, Okay, which is was, a It was funny because chunk. I was talking to Gordon tonight, who's on our desk, mm-hmm. Joy, uh, 1300 Joy 949, um, but he was saying he got a quote for painting of his place um, down on the peninsula, and one quote was for $30,000, one quote wow. was for $11,000, and then uh, Most of that's he, going to be the labour. Like seven and a half thousand dollars or something. So there are big differences in quotes, but that's not only just the actual labour, yeah. but also sometimes the materials as well. And a lot of it is going to be labour, and also want. the ability of the person who's doing the painting. Mm. Um, mm. Most of the time, to paint the like out uh, to paint everything you've got outside, you're unlikely to be spending more than fifteen hundred dollars. Okay. Mm. All right, well, we've got um, our favourite segment coming up now. We do indeed. Do you think um, Brooke has finally found her match? I don't know, but I know she's having sex with Ridge. (gasps) 
Oh, I can't believe it. Well, we should have Lance on the line as we speak. Has um, Ridge been getting off with you this week? Uh, good, thanks, uh, Paul. Uh, David, isn't it? Yes, it is David here. Tell us what's been happening in the days of our Lance. <laughs> well, um, yeah, I've just seen there was, a, I think I might have mentioned last week, there was some plates that I gave to a friend to mm. sell, and uh, she was interested in some furniture. They came down and uh, just made the dismantling to make it a bit easier. It's heavy, and uh, when Christmas is over, they'll probably come down with a truck and pick it up, get rid of some stuff out of this place. All right, because this is all to do with your decluttering. For those people that haven't kept up with Days of Our Lance, and I know people tune in every week just to find out what's happening, Lance is going to move into the inner city from Frankston and you're preparing to sell the big family home that you were born and and raised in and move up into the inner city. So have you sort of been looking at uh, what's happening up in the inner city and sorts of areas that you might want to have, um, uh, you know, that you might want to go and live in? I think I'm concentrating more with uh, getting stuff out of the place here. And uh, I've been, uh, someone mentioned to me about uh, a thing called Day Share. Yeah. So we might go into a city and uh, uh, do something like that until I look for a place. I'm not sure yet. Um, but I'm more interested in starting a place first, what one in Frankston, and then um, check out. Um, something where I've got a very good idea where I want to be, and that's uh, probably Collingwood, Carlton, Fitzroy. Yeah. Well, that's good that you've narrowed that down. Lance, you'll be very interested this week um, in our top um, sales for um, apartments this week. They were in Frankston. So um, so that's a good sign for you when you're ready yes, to sell absolutely. and move to Melbourne um, City, which we're, we're looking forward to. Weren't they the top of the to. bottoms, though? Well, it doesn't matter. I mean, so long as so long as it's in there it's somewhere. The people are yeah, down so there. He's, yeah. um, so there is interest in Frankston, which is great for you, Lance. There is a number of properties around Frankston that have been selling at very high prices. Wow, but it's very hard that's encouraging. Sorry? That's encouraging. But it's very hard to judge your property against others because uh, land size and uh, the condition of the house and, mm. and whatever. Uh, something I'll have to check up with an estate agent, I think, to see what's happening there. Well, one of the pieces um, of advice that we got actually on this show was to check out a few different agents as well so i don't know i know you've been a fan of our podcasts and you'll be able to maybe see see what's out there in the market but there'd be quite a few different ones down there as well that's for sure yeah yeah, yeah i've been some uh, uh, friends who have advised me on a few different agents so i might go with them for a start and uh, just yeah just yeah as you say shop around is the best way to, to go are you all right? Well, look, it's great talking to you once again, Lance. We're going to have to catch up with you next week on Days of Our Lance. Have Thank a you. Merry Christmas, Lance. I hope you have a great time in Frankston. Well, have a yeah, very best wishes for Christmas and your New Year to you all and for everybody there. So, yeah, thanks for, thanks for everything. Thanks. Talk to you next week. Well, the year isn't open, and of course, Dolly Diamond will be around all Christmas and all New Year. But look, here at our house, we'd like to wish you a very Merry Christmas. And of course, we will be back next week. I can't believe what we've learned today from the luscious lamb. It was fantastic. (laughs) You must come back. Oh, anytime. Well, I'm sure we'll come up with more painting quandaries. Coming up next, of course, is Triple Bypass. We'd like to thank our guest, Liam, and of course, the lovely Lance. And we will have rates check again next week. Don't worry, you don't get a week off. Now you're right onto it. I I know know you. We wish. Wish you all a Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Merry Christmas Christmas and goodbye. This podcast was produced by Joy Media. You can support Joy's diverse sound and diverse community this June by donating to Joy Radiothon 2024. 
go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. And remember, we all flourish with joy.